It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Track Podcast. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. On today's show, we're recapping the New York City Half Marathon. Going to do some Bowerman power rankings. Talk about an almost 5K road world record. And Gordon had the genius idea to plug some stuff into chat GPT and see what it cooked up for us. So I'm excited about that. Kevin, you know what the title of today's podcast is? Yes. You tried to get as many people to tune in as possible. So you chose the ultimate clickbaity title of the most uneventful weekend of track all time. Am I wrong? Tra- of track. Of track and field. Yeah, there was no This was meets. the most unave- uneventful there, weekend uh, of the year. Yeah, there weren't no meets, but there were close to no meets. But we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. That's why we got the Bowerman to talk about. We could talk about the half marathon. And while we're going to have ChatGPT help us out. But do you think by the end of the year, we'll be able to look back on the March 17 to 18 weekend as the worst weekend of track? I could have told you that going in. It's, it's this week. And then the next time it's this dull, I think is late December. Almost yeah. at the end of the year. Like holidays, yeah. yeah. Like Christmas weekend. Yeah. And that's always been the case. Virtually. Uh, should been, we update thought, the brackets, though? I thought we would get a little more juice because I thought maybe one of those college meets, like the Miami Hurricane meet or some meet in Florida or something, yeah. would give us the Houston meet, would give us something. But I looked through the results, and it was bleak. Yeah. Bleak track and field results. Now, other things happened on the roads. We'll talk about that. But yeah. I guess everyone was busy watching March Madness instead of running track running. and field. Yeah. Were you watching March Madness? I was. It's the first college basketball I've watched all year, which – Based on my picks after day one, you'd say, man, this guy's in in some trouble. But I rallied mostly due to random chance. Okay, so who's winning our... Owen. Owen, top dog right now. Owen Weaver. Problem is, he had Purdue, and Purdue's out. They lost in the first round. Yeah. But still, Owen looking strong. Second place, ESPN fan, and then a whole bunch of numbers. We don't know who that is. They have a champion of UCLA. They're looking pretty good. I uh, haven't started speed work is in fourth um, and I'm down there in 30 something or other. So I, I'm respectable, but not good. What place am I in? I'm in 79th place. All right. It's Alrighty. not looking Well, good. you had a lot of Duke. I have Gonzaga for the win. Again, no thought really was put into it. How is our track? Uh, well, you know, who's still in Tennessee, Tennessee. I'm rooting for my, my two main picks. The two picks that I claim are Gonzaga and Tennessee <laughs> as winners. Oh, do you have it saved? I don't know. It's probably saved somewhere. Yeah. All right. I have to find it. I'm I... mostly focused on... Well, no, wasn't it... Uh, yeah, it was Tennessee for the win. Yeah, pick Tennessee over Texas A&M. Well, and then our listener who did it based on, you know, the similar sort of formula but different events, he had Princeton. This is James. He has Princeton versus Arkansas. That's a, Which still is still alive, too. His score is going to be pretty good. Princeton versus Arkansas? No one had that. Yeah, when well, he has Arkansas winning it. We'll see. See it happening. I'm excited about it. All right, let's get into it. New York City half first. Let's go. 
the most uneventful track and field weekend of all time. Had a pretty interesting New York City half. Yeah. Some interesting storylines. Weather was cold, windy. You can discount the times. Don't worry too much about the times. Women's side, things went to form. Helen O'Beary, she got the win. She's the favorite coming in. We all expected her to, to get the victory. Men's side, Kip Limo v. Cheptegei. That's what we wanted to see. And for the second race in a row now, Kip Limo gets the victory over his countrymen. You said this is going to be important later on down the, I did. In the season. And I better hold myself to this when I make major <laughs> wagers on the Budapest Championships yeah. in uh, 2023. But yeah, Kip Limo, he's kind of been, been running better than Cheptegei lately. Yeah, both of them were – one was a cross-country race. The other one was a half marathon. So this is not the same thing as beating them on the track. But they are wins against a, a quality opponent. Kip Limo, he has so much range. So – and he – world half champion. I, I think he actually probably should have been the favorite even though Cheptegei, the bigger name overall just because of the, the world records and the, the gold medals on the track. But when it comes to cross, when it comes to – Half marathons, Kip Limo's proved himself to be better, you know, two times in a row. So in the 5K, it's Cheptegei 3, mm-hmm. Kip Limo 1. In the 10K, it is – I probably should have came prepared with these. It's Cheptegei 3, Kip Limo 0. But then you go to like half marathon, which is where we're talking about here. It is – where are you, Cheptegei? It's Cheptegei 2. I mean, completely 2, two. Cheptegei 0. So. Yeah. What was the other one? Was it World Champs? Yeah. World Champs. And, and higher profile races for, for both of these gentlemen. You want to look farther down the men's results? There were some, some other names in there that we want to talk about. Zuhar Talbi was third. Ben True was fourth. Edward Cesarek, a second behind True in fifth. Um, and then you have Galen Rupp. Finishing 17th in 104.57. Chris Thompson of Great Britain made a huge move in this race and ultimately fell back to to 16th place. Rupp, I'm not surprised just because the interview he gave pre-race lowered the expectations. If he had given that same interview post-race, then I think people would have said, okay, well, why did we not get this pre-race? Yeah. Well, maybe he just he's coming up with some, some excuse post-race. But he's very clear up front, hey – not in the same spot that I could be in, and I don't plan to be here for very long. I plan on becoming a lot better. I'm not going to be up there with the top guys. And he wasn't with the top two guys. So he said he wasn't going to be in full form, and he wasn't in, in full form. Because the weather was bad, hard to you know, compare it to other half marathons, though, and because it was is windy and cold. But I guess with Rupp and any, any marathon veteran, you just want to see them in a full Halves really never tell you much. Yeah, so is that did you just come across one of the most that makes so much sense statements that I've no one ever really thought about it, but that actually does make a lot of sense. We forever mm. try to associate half marathon performances with marathon performances. And we do it every year. Mm. And every year we kind of forget that, like, there's not really a big correlation. Yeah, we always like, oh, half marathon, look, he ran sub 60 and a half. So look yeah. out for them in the marathon. But, like, half means absolutely nothing to a marathon. They're completely, it's like saying, well, this 10K versus the 800, well, he ran 145 in the 800, so he looks pretty good in the 10K. Yet, <laughs> just because it's half of the race doesn't mean it's close to the race. It's still a full half marathon difference. Right. Between a half and a full. And I think that. Whenever we watch half marathon races, we always want to extrapolate it. Like, what does this mean to the marathon? To the full, yeah, yeah. And we always try to correlate it. But at the end of the day, it actually means absolutely nothing. I mean, there's a stronger correlation than 5 or 800 to 10K. But I know you're being a little bit uh, sarcastic there. But I said with veterans, it really doesn't matter. When someone's just getting going in road racing and you're wondering, hey, how are they going to adapt to the roads? Or how how is this longer distance stuff going to go? Then I get it a little bit. As, as a marker of, okay, they at least can probably run in this range. But with someone like Rub, who's been around forever and run a ton of these things, it doesn't really matter. If, now, you could look at that and say, all right, he basically ran 65 minutes. 
So he's running 210 pace, and you'd say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be worried in, about that. But again, there's a whole different buildup process for a mar- marathon. He's coming off of an injury. The weather's bad. I watched enough Meb half marathons where I thought, wait, he's in a couple weeks, he's going to double that pace and be okay, and he did it. <laughs> so that's when I started to, to really just put a bunch of uh, asterisks and caveats on this stuff. What do you think, Ben True? Do you think that guy is a sleeper marathon guy? or? <laughs> So with True, everybody was interested in him moving up when yeah. he was still good in the five. And then you were thinking, wait a minute, he hasn't even run the 10. <laughs> How is he going to go all the way from the five to the marathon? And part of it was, oh, he cross-country skied in the yeah. past. And that was like the big rationale that everybody used. Hey, he's got a pair of skis in his garage. He hasn't used those in a while. Maybe he'd be great at the marathon. With True, you wonder, okay, does he have enough prime years left to where – he could make a run at the marathon. Um, it's 37. Or, or, or yeah, because he needs to, st- to compete now. You still need to have a ton of speed left in your legs in the marathon. Right? If you're going to run what we would say 208, 207 or faster, you're going to need still a lot of speed, a lot of life left in your legs. So does he have enough? You look at this result, 62.57, less than a minute behind Cheptegai, but Cheptegai is not a marathoner. Ahead of Chaz, I think True's in the group though, right? Who else are you putting in that group? Mance. Mance. We're talking U.S. by the way, not yeah. Mance, Rupp, who he uh, beat by a lot, obviously. Yeah, but it, but if there was a marathon in three months from now and they both had total preparation, you'd go with the guy who's yeah, made yeah. a marathon Olympic teams the last two times out, won the trials. But I think there's certainly a possibility. But just does he have enough time? Is there enough speed left in his legs? Can he stay injury-free? I think that's the that's the big question with yeah, True. Push, I like that he's doing it, though, because I was one of those guys. I was one of those guys who said, he's got cross-country skis. Let's see him Yeah, he ran 212. Race. He's run 212 in a marathon, 212.53 in New York City in 2021. Yeah. Uh, did you know he got fourth at the Olympic trials in the 10K? This past year? No, the Olympic trials. 2021. Yeah, because that true. He look how many times he got in fourth. I didn't realize he was still Worlds like and Olympics. that close to. Yeah, he was in the mixed. That's he fun. had a good. Did he have a good lead up race there? Because I remember probably. thinking he, he could probably pull it off. But yes, to your point. Uh, so he does still have some speed, at least a couple of years ago. All right. Before we go to the next subject, mm. Kevin. Yep. Do you know how to turn off the AC? Oh yeah. Should I do it right now? Go do it. I don't okay. know how to do it. Yeah, I got so it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from here. Just no, I'm a little nervous now. Little I got nervous, this. Guys. Colt, actually, touch Colt. Colt, Colt, I've been on in a while. We're doing AC break. Is it really loud? Can people hear this AC? Is it really loud? Yeah, it's pretty loud. I'm trying to filter it out. He's trying to filter. We're gonna turn off the filter. We're just gonna turn it off manually. Sometimes our studio just has a mind of its own and just starts blasting air. We are moving our studio though. Studio is changing. We don't know when. Oh, we are. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're shutting down the studio, and they're either going to make us go remote for a few months, or we're going to be downtown office. Kevin's excited about going to the downtown office, right? Oh, yeah, I'm a big downtown office guy. Adam in the chat, did you hear his interview? Talk about True, not Gordon. Uh, after the race, True said it was just a training run that he raced the end, beating Chez just for fun. Yeah. Uh, going back to my earlier point, marathon... Half marathon, you just want to see him in a marathon now. Same thing with Rupp. You want to see him, although Rupp said he may not run spring. Well, just TBD. But I, that's, I thought the most important thing overall, U.S., worldwide, didn't matter, was Cheptegei versus Kiplimo. Because neither of those guys are marathoners right now, and they enjoy racing each other. And I think you got two in a row now for Kiplimo. Yeah, big win. Uh, women's side, we talked about Helen O'Beary. Um, she beat Teferi. It was 67-21 to 67-25, 55, excuse me. Grovedahl was second. Uh, Des Linden was fifth. Lindworm was sixth. Huddle was seventh. This means, though, we're getting ready for spring marathon season. And both Boston and London are going to be really, really good yeah. this year. And just women, we talk about on the women's side of things, all those women who ran very fast in the fall to winter last year, Seeing them come back again to run in the spring, I'm curious who's gonna be able to do it two marathons in a row. Who's 
who's going to potentially crack into that group that wasn't there before because there's a ton of stars right now in the women's marathon. Uh, other road stories? I didn't even know about this one. Well, because most people don't know what the road 5K world records are because remember they reset them a few years ago? We should do that every few years. They Just said, reset. and starts right now. Well, it's not even the headline in this World Athletics article. You actually got to scroll down. Under You have to go past the Seoul Marathon, and then you got to get there to Kajelka, where it says Kajelka threatens the world record. He ran uh, 12.50. The world record was 12.49 by Aragawi. Hold on. You didn't Col- know Col- that. Colt's struggling to find it. It's in he's going to find it. He's no, not he even at, all the way down to the yeah, bottom. Yeah, yeah. He says, sign up no, yet. Good. We go, keep on going back up. People are just... There, there it is. is. There. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the second story. I should have said that. You said all See, the... no, but no one saw that because it's he's do. You're just looking at his screen. But I see you We're talking. And back I know the in, in the background, he's like freaking out. I was like, "Where the hell is the Kajelcha?" What is freaking Cole? out? So, oh, where's that? I'm, yeah, he's like, that's, I'm all good. I'm freaking. Let Colt cook, man. That's what people say. Let Colt cook. Gordon I... once got some feed. Actually, Gordon didn't get this feedback, but somebody else got this feedback one time when I was commentating. Don't try to direct the show from the commentary booth. That's yeah. what I would say. Don't direct the show from the podcasting booth. I remember this. You know, you're, right. booth. you're right. Like Cole I apologize, Cook. Cole. is good. He's yes. been good. He's still good. He ran this in Lily, 1250. Uh, missed it by a second. Missed a packed race. Uh, Bekele was in it. Telehun Bekele. Uh, Haji and then Jacob Krop was in there. Like They got a lot of stars to show up for this road uh, 5K. And then, yeah, so it went 12.50, then 13.04, 13.07. Pretty good stuff. But cool. I, what are we ever going to do with these road 5Ks? I know. 12.50 is fast, though. And then, you, But you think about the different shoe regulations, too, so it's really hard to compare that to the track stuff. Yeah. You know what I was actually thinking about? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not, I shouldn't even bring this up. Never mind. Okay. Moving on. Next topic. Yeah. Let's I've just, learned at this to... point in my life when Gordon says I shouldn't bring this up to say to not pry, but just say move on. Uh, you wrote this segment: random outdoor performances. You have Jack O'Gill twenty-two twelve in the shot, Abby Caldwell four oh five, Drew Bosley thirteen thirty-seven, Claudia Hollingsworth four oh seven, and you close with then I guess ten thirteen. Sean Massman Gagne Elijah Morrow in Houston two point four wind. Yeah, so there were two an inspired more... rundown from Gordon. There were America. two world leads. Gill from New Zealand throwing 22 meters in a shot. Mm-hmm. Abby Caldwell from Australia running 405 in a 1500. Drew Bosley randomly runs a 1337 in Grand Canyon Invitational. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. No one, we always talk about like use your cross country fitness to get that fast 5K out of the way. Yeah. Looks like, and they use like Drew Bosley's, it's like, hey, let's use my indoor fitness to get the regional qualifier out of the way. Yeah, and it's easier because you just need a regional qualifier. Yeah, so now you, you don't have to worry about top 16. But here's the thing. Will 1337 be fast enough for the region? For top 48? It better be. What was it last year? What was it last year? 1337 has to be safe. I know I'm thinking of a different era, but remember that year when Morgan McDonald only did one? He ran in the Behe at Brian Clay, and he ran like 14... 10 or 14, 15 or something. Declared athletes. Last year was 1347. It's a lot closer than I thought. 1337 was 24th. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Okay, wait, all right. So 1347 was, all right, so what was... Otherwise, you just ran that for no reason. If you have to just go do another one, that wouldn't be very fun. Let's do one more. The indoor um, 5K last year was 1326 so yeah it's 1326 is what took to get indoor last year it's similar to this year so it should be similar mm-hmm. so i think it should be safe but you know crazy things happen yeah it'll be funny if it's like actually 1337 <laughs> is 49 the and then they have to do a last chance meet yeah just to get in which would be the opposite that would be funny yeah it, it is interesting to see the strategy using the indoor fitness for outdoor we haven't had that yet but you don't blame Athletes and coaches were doing it. They're already in good shape. Why waste it? And then you can rest a bit and then come back. Is that the idea? Yeah, and you can just focus on tactical speed racing yeah. and stuff like that. You know, do a lot of 1500s, get that down, get that sit and kick ready to go. Because that's what's 
Bosley doesn't need to worry about being in the race for through the first, you know, yeah. 10 laps. It's about having the best last 800. True. And so he's going to just work on that for the rest of the season. Yeah. And not really run a 5K probably until regionals. Yeah. Unless he has to because he, he's 49th and he needs yeah. to. It's hard to imagine. That. I kind of want that to happen now. I'm kind of going to cheer for him to like be like, dude, 13:37. It's now 30th. Whoa, yeah, getting close. Yeah, you got to. There's a point when you're probably really nervous, and then you think, okay, you do the math. How many more weeks are left? How many more people are there out there that could actually run this quick? And then you got to take into account scratches too. Yeah. All right, let's talk NCAA. Let's continue with NCAA. Yes. There's a lot of discussion about. Who would win the Bowerman after the indoor meet, especially on the women's side, because the performances were so good. And I thought it's sort of interesting. We should take a take a look back and rank or just put into tiers, whatever you want to do, both the women's and the men's side of things. Um, the Bowerman side itself put out the watch list. It's kind of interesting to see. Obviously, the watch list isn't official. You could pick somebody to win who's not even on the watch list. But it's interesting to see some of the people that were listed and how they finished at indoors. And usually the way this works is you got to be perfect. Yeah. Got to win indoors, got to win outdoors. Not all the time and not every event, but you got to at least win one event in, one event out. And you got to set some collegiate records. That always helps. Undefeated helps as well too. There's been some exceptions to that rule throughout the years, obviously, but... When you talk about a women's field like this, it, it feels like it's trending that direction. This feels an awful lot like last year's women's field where it was just so good. The men, a little bit more straightforward and a lot of wiggle room there. But on the women's side, there's been four that have broken away. But why don't we start with, you want to start with the men? Start with the men. Okay. Men, it's kind of bleak. There's not really a uh, crazy depth on the men's side. Should I give you my top? I have my top four ranking. How about I'll rank my top four? Yeah. So again, three get nominated, and then the fourth is the last first one out, right? So I'll tell you my top four order. Yeah. So number one for me, Kyle Garland, mm -hmm. Georgia, NCAA champion, broke the heptathlon collegiate record. Outdoors, almost he, broke the world record. And almost broke the world record. Outdoors, he has a chance to win one more title and the decathlon record. Yeah. So, then I'll go with number two, which a lot of people may be su surprised, but I'll go with the Oklahoma State athlete. Fouad Masawi. Yeah, Fouad Masawi. He's two-time NCAA champion, won the 3K and the DMR. Mm -hmm. Remember, he's 1,200 leg of the DMR. Outdoors, he has a chance to win either the 15 or the 5K, maybe break a 5K or a 15 record. I don't know. 15 record is probably a little more easier than the 5K record. Yeah. But two, he's, he won two titles. He's the only male to have two NCAA indoor titles this year. So – I got to put him up there, so I put him two. It's, there's a drop-off, though, I think, between Kyle Garland and Fouad. Three, I go Jaden Hibbert, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Broke the triple jump, collegiate record, won the triple jump. Probably will do the same thing outdoors. Very simple, in and out. He only jumped three times this year. Yeah. And then last, Sandre Gutersman, who I'll put at fourth, mainly because he has the record, but it's a record where he tied. He didn't break the record. He tied the record. Ah, interesting. So he jumped six meters. He tied the record. Uh, and he's the NCAA champion. So, Garland, record champion. Musawe, Musadi? Musaudi. Musaudi, two records. No, two champions, no records. Right. And Hibbert, record champion. Gutesman, tied record champion. I went with Garland one right now. And you're right. The opportunities are pretty clear moving forward. Great set of Get the win. Get the record, maybe get the record before that, but that's that's pretty straightforward yeah. for him, which is both good and bad. High risk, high reward. Same when you look at the international level. If you're going to be a multi-event athlete that wins, the two times you do a heptathlon or decathlon, they got to be really good because <laughs> you don't have many of them, like the marathon. Second, I went with Gutterson. You're right, tied the collegiate record, Amondo collegiate record. He competed it's several Amondo times. Collegiate record. Casey Lightfoot. Oh, Lightfoot. That's right. Lightfoot got it from Mondo. You're right. And then I put Hibbert three, but that's a really close two and three. I guess you could say Hibbert didn't jump as much as Gutterman vaulted if you want to create some sort of difference between the two, but it, it's very close. And then I have this second tier of guys who could move up 
um, especially, and I expect them to move up and, and displace at least one, if not two of those guys up there. So this is no particular order. Elijah Godwin of Georgia won the NCAA title in the quarter. Problem is the all-time list in the men's quarter in the NCAA, it's tough. It's tough. It's going to be difficult, but I think he, at the very least, wins the quarter again. Outdoors, it's going to put you in the mix. Uh, I put Masaudi there. I like the kick in the end of the 3K. He's a big part of the DMR. Not the whole DMR, but he's a big part of it. And he'll obviously have a chance. If he wins multiple NCAA outdoor titles, or even if he just wins one, if he goes one for one, 5K, yeah, yeah you, you'd look back and you'd add in the indoor resume and you'd say, all right, he's, he's, he's good to go. But there's another guy who didn't compete indoors who might end up winning this whole thing. Nicholas Alekna, discus thrower from Cal. Got the silver medal at the World Championships last year. I'll say that again. That's pretty good. Got the silver at the World Championships last year. Now, I know that doesn't count for this year, but there's no discus indoors, which means he didn't have an event to compete in. So, in the world where we have a couple of these guys don't win outdoors, well, then you'd cross them off, and you'd see Alekna throw a crazy big mark. He He could be in there. Uh, but but I, I I agree. I think Garland is the favorite. He's the only one in the in a tier. Yeah. Now my question to you is this: I know it's rare, but do you see anybody on the men's side who can move in to this group who we haven't mentioned? Somebody who didn't win indoors, could they get in there? I mean, I, there are people who did win indoors who get in there. Terrence Jones, if he has a really good 100 meter season. Matthew Bowling, if he has a really good 200 meter season. Because people like sprints, I could see that. Uh, he jumps too. I don't think anyone else in any other event. I mean, because 800, those, those, yeah, those, Zimana, are, those like, are just guys who won already. And yeah. Jones is only 100th off the collegiate records. That's a good pick. I yeah. could see Jones in there too. But right like now. Like if Jones won the 100 and the 200 outdoors. Exactly. That's that what would, I'm saying. You need to win the double. Yeah. If someone doubles outdoors, then they'll get yeah. knocked in. That plus Garland winning and then breaking the collegiate decathlon record, then where do you go? It's going to go to Garland if he breaks the class. It's going to be Garland. Okay. So if he does those two things, you think he gets it? Yeah. Garland, there's no way anyone's going to pass Garland if Garland wins. Wins or breaks the record? Wins. Okay. So all he needs to do is win. and Just win and you're in. Which is hard. That's a tough event right now. Yeah, because Aiden Owens is in it. Yeah. Yeah. But Garland also is pretty damn good. I agree. I agree. And he's from? Philadelphia. All right. Women's side of things. Cole, we, we put a poll up earlier. It's out of date now, but I don't know if you can pull that up. On the top four. There it is. Colt's throwing it up there. He's got the black background. I guess it's transparent, so he's put a white background on it. Don't know how to do that. But I can just tell you. Gordon, the Gordon, Gordon producing again from the <laughs> microphone. So, Britton Wilson, Caitlin Tui, Julian Alfred, Jasmine Moore. They're the only four. We don't really need to worry about anyone else. Ah, I think we do, but... For the purpose of the poll, we only put four people on there. See, I, I need help because you can't read that. Colt, you're showing just a black screen. Yeah. See, I, I got to help Colt sometimes. Okay. This then, situation. Then fix it. Then fix I it. can't. It's because it's transparent. What are you talking about? Don't read it. Black screen? He wants the numbers. Read it. You, there's a numbers. Oh, I haven't voted. That's why. I can vote. Volt, Colt needs to vote. No, you didn't send him the There we just... go. There we go. Now we yeah. can see it. Okay. Okay. Ball. Yeah. I hadn't voted. There you go. Oh, so I voted for Tui. Whoa. This is our... Letting it known. I thought we were doing a reveal. <laughs> Big t- big I thought you'd vote for Alfred, Big 12, Colt. Yeah, why didn't you go Big 12? <laughs> well, All right. Anyway, this is early. Can't stay loyal to Texas at this point. Texas is leaving. Oh, that's true. True, true. Good point. All right. So, Alfred, 39%. Tui, 37%. Wilson, 12%. Jasmine Moore, 11 Okay. So, when, we, when it comes down to these top four. Only three get invited. Only three get invited. It, if the Bowerman took place right now, and they would change that rule. And they would send four. They would send four because it would be awfully hard to decide. Everybody is happy that there's an outdoor season because you need an outdoor season to separate these four. I only think – I think about Akira Nugent too, right, breaking the collegiate record indoors. I know she she had a loss because she lost to Messiah Russell, but Messiah Russell had the collegiate record. So I think she could factor in maybe if she has a, a crazy good high hurdle season outdoors. But – Tui obviously has the ability to double. Julian Alford has the ability to double. Jasmine Moore has the ability to double. Britton Wilson 
can do the 400. Doesn't have the ability to double. Hurdle, but she can run the 4x4 four four yeah. as well, too. It, it'd be, we looked it up. It's really difficult, insanely difficult. If she does that, then then give her the Bowerman on the track. So just right now, though, because we don't know what's going to happen outdoors, based on indoors, I think the order, if I had to pick right now, I'd have Alfred number one with the double collegiate records and where she sits on the all-time list. Now, this is tough, though, because all indoor lists aren't created equal. There's not a ton of indoor 200 competitions taking place, but she did run the second fastest one in history. And when it comes to the 60, there's only two women who have run the same time or faster than her. One of them this year in Aaliyah Hobbs. So the 694 has only been uh, exceeded by one person. So I think I would go right now if I had to, Julian Alfred. But if I'm looking forward to outdoors, it's a weird thing because I think she's the one who is going to be the most she's threatened to lose. Good to lose at 200. Because I really don't see Tui losing. I don't see Jasmine Moore losing. And unless Britton Wilson decides to run the 800 for fun, yeah. I think she's going to be fine in the 400 hurdles. I don't think there's anybody close yeah. to her in the 400 hurdles. So I think if you're talking about things that could change between now and then, I think Alfred in the, in the two, not in the 100. I think she's well clear in the 100. However upside she can get more collegiate records and she could sweep the one and the two and then we'll be back to where we are right now which is four incredibly qualified nominees so these are the resumes the blind resumes person one two ncaa titles three ncaa records person two two ncaa titles two ncaa records person three two ncaa titles two ncaa records and person four two ncaa titles and three ncaa records mm -hmm. The thing is, though, the last person I said was Caitlin Tui, and I think Caitlin Tui right now would be the person on the outside looking in because I could go Britton Wilson one because I think her 400-meter mark is very impressive, and uh, she also broke the 600-meter collegiate record. <laughs> Love it. Alfred, I'll put two because 6,200 is impressive. Double. Moore, I'll put three. Mm -hmm. She's a 15-7. 157. 157, over 15 meters, over 7 meters. Yeah. And then Caitlin Tui four, and I think it's just crazy that Tui's going to be four because she destroyed the three k record, she destroyed the mile record, and she easily won three to five. But Tui's going to be, I think it's unfair to Tui because Tui's going to be held against the standard of international world performances. Yeah, world yeah. performances. Yeah. But here's the thing: most of the great female international performance aren't done by college-age students are done by people in their... You talk about distance. Distance. Well, it's men, too, not just women. Yeah, men, yeah, too. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's technically easier for sprinters to climb the all-time world rankings as an 18 to 22-year-old than it is for a distance runner because distance runner's prime is 22 to 26, where a sprinter's prime is probably more like 20 to 25. Well, okay. But also, at the NCAA level, right, based on who's coming to the NCAA to compete, it, you're getting a lot of people who are high caliber sprint performers. And also, there's no incentive for, say, a guy to go to the NCA 1500 and run 330. Like, why would anyone ever do that? That makes no sense. In terms of, yeah, chasing times. I'm just saying. You don't, you don't try to run 330 at NCAs, but at NCA 400, you try to run 43 seconds. Yeah, but I'm saying the U.S. professionally is stronger in terms of depth and breadth in the sprints than they are in the distances. Yeah. And the primary country's country competing in the NCAA system is the United States. Yes. So that's that's why yep. there's a, a disconnect. And there's also a huge uh, Caribbean population that's competing in the NCAAs, which are very strong in the sprints. If I go Wilson, Alfred, Moore, Tui. That's my ranking. Yeah. I would probably go – see, the thing with Wilson for me is if you're looking at regular season, she ran a bunch of 800s, which I thought was awesome. But it also leaves – a bit of a different resume than someone like Julian Alfred, who's just like 60, 60, 60, boom, well, boom, boom, boom. Well, it's record, collegiate record, yeah. collegiate record. She could have done that. Now, I, as a matter of just like personal taste, think it's awesome that she ran the 800 in the same way I thought it was really cool that Anna Hall won the foreign hurdles, or sorry, um, second the foreign hurdles, and then won, won the heptathlon. Yeah. I, I think it, it's, it's a unique thing. It shows range. It's awesome. But I think that changed the regular season for her 
They're going to give the Jazz with more. More. So with more, she's not going to lose. The fi- the fifteen meters is insane, and the seven meters is really impressive too. If she bumps that long jump up even more in the outdoor season, right, and get goes goes well beyond seven and starts mixing it up with some farther and farther marks in the in the long jump, then I think that really changes the conversation. But I would probably have. It's so weird to pick any of these people fourth at this point. But I, w- I would probably go. You had what? You had I had Wilson two one. Fourth. You I had two Wilson four. one, Alfred two, Moore three, two e four. Yeah. But I, like I, I low key think though, like I know like I don't think we should compare marks to the world. The world. So just the NCAA. I don't even think we should compare it to the NCAA. I think we should compare like dominance in the event, and I think. That Kaylin Tui has been more dominant against her peers than more Alfred or Wilson have. Well, that would be the argument. But you have her fourth. So if I think times are going to matter, like it, hate it, times are going to matter. And Tui could get more incredible times outdoors. She could break the 10K record. Yeah. <laughs> she could she could go and break a bunch more collegiate records. If you're no one plans their season around winning the Bowerman. Also, when's the last time a over eight hundred meter runner has won the Bowerman? A mile or up person has um, won the Bowerman. Let me look. I think the last time it's happened was like Cam Levins. It wasn't Chez? Chez uh um, there's I mean, there hasn't been a distance runner who has won the Bowerman like ever. Oh, you're right. They never it's all eight hundred meters and down. Wow. Yeah. So who's the last person? It's Cam. 2012. You're okay, a Cam, Bowman historian. 2012. And then, and then Rupp won the first one. And with... Rupp and Jenny. Yeah. And I guarantee when Rupp and Jenny uh, won the first one, they're probably like, oh, Bowerman, it's distance bias. And they're trying to like overcompensate for the distance bias. But how many Bowerman winners have been total? How many years? Since 2009. 2009. So how many is that? Math. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13. So 13 th- times two. So 26 Bowerman and three of them have been distance runners. That seems a little... Well, you're taking out the 800. If you included the 800... 800 is not a distance race. Well, you got to put in... 800 is not a distance That's just because you ran the 800. You don't want to be associated with distance runners. But I, as a distance runner, consider you one of us. a sprint. Because all right. they all run the 4x4. Four four. They're all 400 meter runners. A thing Mo is not yeah. a distance Raven runner. Raven Rogers. Okay. Do you yeah. think... Okay, okay. I, I get your point. Yeah. I get your point. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you i think as i was saying before nobody plans their season around winning the bowerman no one sits in an office with their coach and says how could you do it but if they did do it depending on your event there's a specific strategy that you could employ in order to win it and if you are a distance runner you know what advantage you have is you have a lot of races like a lot of records that you could tackle now you have to be a distance runner with a ton of range but you could go 15 5 10 and then indoors, you can go 15 or mile three and five. Yeah, and then and, throw in a steeple. Well, that would just be incredible if someone did that. I'm, I'm putting that in. I'm saying someone – So the, but that's uh, what Ches did and he never won. I can't – so you're saying he never won the Bowerman, Edward Ches, right? I'm just saying – But someone like – If Ches can't win, they're – In talking, my lifetime, I think there's never going to be a distance runner who wins the okay, Bowerman. I think – Which is sad. That's such a stupid thing to say, I, but okay. I, will you make a bet with me that there won't be a – I want to make a 10-year bet with you. There okay. will not be a distance yes, runner. Yes, there will be. There will be. I disagree. So, the but it's tough to have 15 to 10,000 range. But Tui has – Jenny had it. If, if she, I think if she wanted to, she could have grabbed every every record that she ran. She obviously did the, the steeple too. That's a specific strategy for a distance runner. Now, for for some of these other athletes, then you got to tailor your strategy for what your strengths are. If you, if you throw the javelin, you, just, you basically have to do – well, Cameron Rogers – kind of what what she did with the with a hammer and just rewrite the try to get as many top 10 marks as possible get the collegiate record it's just it's easier unfair. Said than done. i think they need to stop doing this with like the more the merrier because like giving people who can do multiple events is unfair and people who can do relays and counting that towards their pedigree is unfair yeah and i think it just needs to be who has just like been the dominant athlete but and see, like, all two, four, all four of them have been dominant. The margins that Julian Alfred when it was when winning you, by in the sixty, that's that's what dominance looks like. But when you watch in Al- a sixty, but people, no one ever thought 
Yes, after the fact, she runs a really fast 200, but no one is thinking Alfred is like the dominant 200 meter. You runner. just got done talking about how doubles, you know, that shouldn't matter. But in the 60, she was dominant. I think, listen, you can get upset about this now, and that's fine. I'm not going to stop you from getting upset. But the good news is we have outdoors. So we have a whole other regular season and a championship where not- stuff, new stuff is going to happen. And I think we're not going to get to June after NCAA outdoors. And have this same log jam. Yes, we will. There's a much bigger chance of one of the four uh, getting an upset or something happening than a fifth person moving up. No, yeah. And I, I'm just saying, like, I think that there will be an obvious – I think maybe one of these four does find a way to lose and then makes an obvious top, top three. I'm just going to the whole – we've had 26 winners. We're about yeah. to have 27th and 28 winners. Yeah. And only three are distance runners. Yeah, I, I'm not arguing with, with you that there should have been more distance runners. I'm just talking about for this year, there's a, there's, like, a, there's, a, there's a strong argument for all four. I would have Alford in front right now, but the season's not over, thankfully. It just feels like there should be – if there's, say, two years from now, we'll have a total of 30 award winners, right? Yeah. Ten of them should be sprinters, ten of them should be field event runners, and ten of them, ten of them should be distance runners. But it's not gonna be that. It's gonna be three distance like runners and a lot of other people. Your your Chez thing, you realize that everybody was onto your Chez thing, so now it's just morphed into a distance runners thing. Yeah, because it shows that Chez was the ultimate distance runner. He did the most impressive thing, but even Chez couldn't convince the voters, like yeah. then nothing's gonna happen. Because we're not gonna have another Chez. We're not we're just that's just not gonna happen. Tui's the next closest thing we're gonna get to that. Mm-hmm. But Tui's now just gonna be like, Oh yeah, that's cute, but you need to run three fifty in the fifteen hundred. For us to care about what you're doing. I'm sorry, but there's no world where 21 – how old is Caitlin Tui? 21? Where 21-year-old Caitlin Tui is going to go out there and run a 352-1500. Mm-hmm. That would actually be not in her best interest to try to do that. Mm-hmm. It's in her best interest to try to win easily and then try to make teams. It's not in her best interest to run 352-1500. Right. But all I'm saying is we, we know that, but that doesn't take away from the other three women that are running so well. And I think – We've had two years in a row now where the women, like there was a three to four person group that was just insanely good. If it was a situation how he's on the men's side right now, you'd see someone, if someone doubled, let me just say this. If, if someone du- Tui was on the, in the, yeah, in the exactly. men's type field, yeah, yeah. she would probably Because yeah, you're putting, for the men, you're putting Masawi in there who was great, but he didn't break a bunch of collegiate records throughout yeah. the season. Right. And that could happen. These but, things are cyclical. That could happen. But we did have a kill and two in the men's side. It was Chez. And then they said, like, well, Jerry and Lawson, he no, won we the had 100 in 10.8 seconds. We had, he didn't run 10.8. But okay, what's the world where, who, who won it last year? Trey Cunningham for the men? Yeah. What's the world, though, where Abdihamid Nur tears it up outdoors and has an outdoor season like he had an indoor season? I think he could have won it. There's no reason why he couldn't. I just think every time a distance runner does well, there's always something. Look at you in their get, way. Get in the back of distance runners. There's always something in their way. There's yeah, everybody's good. Way. I don't know what to tell you. You're surprised. Yeah, for the record, Wilson very deserving. Alfred extremely deserving. Moore absolutely deserving. I just think Tui's deserving as well. Yeah. No, it's a. I thought and it I was think funny. They need to atone for their sins of Cheserek and let Tui kind of like. If they want me to stop talking about Chez, you just give them the award to me. They That'll make up for the evil sin of not getting it to three years in a row. I just enjoy it after NCAA indoors, after everybody after every race, all whenever all these women won, it was just locked up the Bowerman. It's all done. It's, it's curtains. And I thought, well, wait, now? Now you want to give it to them? What about all these other people who are running? Is it they were Hey, a lot of people had blinders on. Oh, this American record counts, but that American record doesn't, or this collegiate record means more than this collegiate record, and what about this mark and that mark? And Because if you look at dominance, too, again, a distance runner is not going to compete as many times as, as a sprinter, usually, you know, and they're not going to – but, like, look at more in the field events. Just – it's incredible. So, anyway. Well, not, I don't, this is – more almost lost, kind of, in the triple, right? Well, she was trailing for a second. Yeah, for a second, for a hot minute. Yeah, but 
How much does she end up I'm just saying by, if you're talking about dominance. Like she's still end up winning by 24 centimeters, so it's pretty dominant. You're talking about the triple jump or the yeah, long triple jump? Yeah, triple jump. Yeah. No, and then you and you look at the whole series. You just look at how, I mean, how yeah. do, it was dom- stupid. That's what I'm saying. If more, you, they definitely need to make sure more is a nominee because her not being a nominee, they need to atone for that last year. Yeah, but, so it, but she'll if, be a nominee. She's a lock. Yeah, I'm just saying if this if it ended right now and you had to leave someone out, it would be a travesty. Like you'd have to you'd have to invite four at this point. But I think they're going to them. There's going to be somebody. Do you know who I think they leave out? If they all do great things, yeah. No, just say if it if it ended right now. If it's no, it's right not ended. If it, if they all do what we think they're capable of doing, outdoors. Do you know who they leave out? Wilson. Why? Because they will just be like, yeah, don't she have... lost a couple eight hundreds indoors, and Didn't also the like, they don't, she doesn't have the double. They'll just prioritize four titles across the, all the other people, and they'll be like, hey, she just won one event outdoors. That's cool. That's not as impressive. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Julian Alford is going to break the collegiate record in the 100 outdoors? Yes. Do you think Julian Alford is going to break the collegiate record in the 200 outdoors? Maybe. Maybe. 2180? Abby Steiner? Okay. Do you think... Probably not. Do you think Britton Wilson is going to break the outdoor record? Well, I think she'll run the 400 hurdles. So she's not going to run the 400. But I'm saying all she has to do is run her indoor time outdoors and she would have the, yeah. the collegiate record. The thing is, it's like, Brandon Wilson is just going to have one NCAA indoor, outdoor title. I guess she'll have the 4x4 too, but like... Right, but I'm saying if she... And I also think there's going to be a little bit of, we kind of... Kaylin too is more popular. That's a factor. I mean, you always say that's a factor, and then it uh, it's it's the... This isn't... Yeah. There's I, a little bit of, like, voter bias. It's like, yeah, Kaylin too. like... I don't... I think everybody is really plugged in. This is track and field. This isn't, like, the Oscars or anything well, like that. Um... Foreign hurdles, though. If if Wilson breaks Sydney's record, I mean, people that remember how great Sydney is. Was isn't uh, has she already run faster than that though? Or no? No, no, she doesn't run faster than that. Does she run faster than that at Worlds? I think it's for her candidacy. If we're going to call it that, it is important. No, she didn't run fast. Sorry, I take that back. For yeah, her... it's going to look good to break Sydney's record. No, no, no. And I'm saying get the get the open quarter record. So then yeah. you have the 400, the four hurdles. Run a 159, 800 just for fun in there. Like now that she's committed to the I got range thing, she should lean into yeah. that and continue to do stuff where she displays her anyway, range. I just know after this year, I'm going to be like Caitlin Tui got robbed. It's going to be added to my chest got robbed. But no, it's different because the person yeah, you're true. comparing yeah. her yeah, to yeah. is different. It's that's not the same situation. The, Fifth- the more Wilson and Alford are not are much better. Comparatively to what Jerry Lawson fifty three oh eight is Wilson's. Man, I just keep on shitting on Jerry Lawson. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he, just, he yeah. forever took away the Bowerman. I mean, too bad I wasn't here when you were having that debate because I thought he should have got it. So we could have had a spirited back and forth. It would have been fun. You probably would have left. The guy the show, wins the so. triple when the two best runners graduated and/or got injured in the it's final. Not his fault. When the six, if the Sixers win the title this year because other teams get injured, you're gonna, you're not gonna say there's an asterisk. No such thing as asterisk titles, Gordon. Sorry. I think it's so tough right now. And it's tough in part because track, we like to think everything's the same, but it's not. Throwers, jumpers, sprinters, it's all, yeah, it's it's all, the same. It's all different. And the level of competition is different. Some say it's different sports. Yeah, it's a bunch of different Some sports. say maybe we should separate the sports. Well, well, that's why I said we should give – it wouldn't even work this year though. If you gave a uh, event group – Award, because then you're just like, all right, sprints. Ah, darn it, <laughs> who's gonna get it? I know who get the jump award. Yeah. I know who get the distance award. But sprints is still you're still stuck on. Sprint I mean, turtles. Part of it being so different also makes it fun because then it's like it's really hard. It's subjective. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It makes Anybody it who said here, here's my only really strong feeling about this. Anybody who says this is cut and dry, I disagree with that. I think they're wrong. This is not cut and dry. There's no oh this person's the obvious winner or this person is the obvious leader right now. I mean, I think four coaches would say it's cut and dry. Sure, and that's their job, and I get it. And if I was coaching an athlete, I would obviously have my favorites as well too. But there's a argument for all four right now. And again, outdoor is going to separate that a little bit. Also, here's what we're going to have to do in outdoor. You're going to have to separate these resumes somehow. So I think the regular season is going to matter. And I think we do need to treat it as a, a component of – the selection process 
because assuming they all have great NCAA uh, championship campaigns, which we already said, we think we could see all three of those women. Four. Well, no, all three get the double, and then the fourth win her event easily yeah. and potentially break a collegiate record. So then you got to go to the next thing. What what else are you looking at? The, what they do is they go to world lists. That's what they're going to do. Right. And then you're going to – but you also should factor in regular season. All right, did anybody have a loss at conference? Did anybody have a loss early in this season? That stuff I think should factor in. We'll if out. you want to weight it towards college season and not just towards world lists. And that's what you said you wanted to do. You said we're, we're pinning this too much towards world lists. Well, then let's – Com- try to compare it to NCAA. So what's more NCAA than NCAA versus NCAA? Like, let's look at the regular season and actually treat it like a regular season, not... Yeah, I no, mean, they- you can't treat in a regular season when, when for the history of the regular season, no one's ever treated the regular season like it mattered. So no, but I'm not going to be like, hey, you should have won that race where you let your teammate pass you. Well, don't let your teammate pass if you want to win the Bowerman. I, it just, <laughs> just, I, I, came I to is like Camille, watch out. Yeah, I need the Bowerman. Give me this. I'm only, just saying. This I, all I'm saying is, there's going to need to be something to separate, and we're just talking about narrowing it down to three. Yeah. What about getting it to one? You're going to need something to separate it, and I think a lot of that is going to be okay. At the Texas Tech meet, this person suffered a loss. Too bad. Like that's because that's what they do in Athlete of the Year for War Athletics. We look at that stuff. What do you think is harder to decide? The best female track and field NCAA athlete of 2023 or the best NBA basketball player of the 2023 NBA season? Easier? NBA? Because I can spell Giannis. It's not hard. It's Joel Embiid. You got four candidates here. I thought you were going to say this year or last year, which one was harder to separate. It kind of reminds me of the MVP debate in basketball. Obviously... Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid mm-hmm. are clearly better than everyone, and everyone has their reasons. Jokic has the stats. Giannis has the playoff experience, and so he's just overall the best guy right now. And then Embiid has he's dominating the team, this, the, the league right now. So it's like, oh, which one matters most? Here, what matters most? Tui dominating distance, more dominating mm-hmm. field, or is it the sprints of Wilson and Alfred with the stats? Yeah. I don't know. Fun debate, spirited debate. We got one more thing. You really did some heavy research on the. This is the most boring weekend in track and yeah, field. Yeah. So on Sunday, I was thinking like, what happened? We're putting together to run a show, and I was like, nothing happened. What are we going to talk about? Yeah. There's nothing to talk about. We found out that we could talk about Bowerman for 45 minutes. Is what we just did. But I asked Chat GTP G, G, GPT, hey. The Flowcheck podcast is coming. Needs to do a podcast where nothing happened over the weekend in track and field. Oh, yeah. Please write us a script, and we will read it. And so this is a script that, for people don't know, Chat GPT is this AI thing where you can ask it anything, and it outputs whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wild. I've been addicted to it for the past few weeks, and so I asked Chat GPT write a Flowcheck podcast script reacting to a weekend where nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And so, without further ado, here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Flowtrack Podcast. I'm Gordon Mack, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Sully. How's it going, Kevin? It's going well, Gordon. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. So let's get right into it. This past weekend, there was nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, Gordon. There was absolutely nothing interesting that happened in the track and field world this weekend. It's funny because normally we have so much to talk about, but this weekend was just dead. No major competitions, no major performances, nothing. Yeah, it's definitely a rarity in our world, but I guess it gives us a chance to talk about some other things. Like what, Kevin? Well, we could talk about some of the upcoming competitions and what we're looking forward to seeing. That's a good idea. I'm personally excited about the Diamond League season starting soon. We've got some big names competing this year, like Noah Lyles, Carson Warholm, and Safan Hassan. Definitely. And don't forget about the World Championships next year. ChatGPT, screw that one up. There's always something to look forward to in this sport, even if there's a lull in the action. Absolutely. And speaking of looking forward, let's take a quick peek at our crystal ball and make some predictions for the rest of the year. Kevin, who do you think is going to make a big breakthrough this season? Hmm, that's a tough one, but if I had to pick one athlete, I'd say Donovan Brazier in the 800. He's been on the cusp of something special for a while now, and I think this could be the year he really breaks through. 
That's a great pick, Kevin. And for my prediction, I'm going with Cindy McLaughlin in the 400-meter hurdles. Mm. She's already one of the best in the world, but I think she's going to set a new world record this year. Bold prediction, Gordon, but I like it. Thanks, Kevin. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Even though there wasn't anything interesting to react to this weekend, it was still fun chatting with you. Mm. Likewise, Gordon. And to all our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more track and field news and analysis. Until then... Keep on running. <laughs> I think we need to make this an annual, se- uh, a weekly segment where we ask ChatGPT to kind of write a segment for us. Well, it was wrong about a lot. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't know that Worlds was this year. It said next year. They thought Donovan Brazier was on the uh, was on the cusp. I mean, technically he's on the cusp of getting out of injury. That's true. And they That's called true. Sydney McLaughlin. She's already one of the, the best bit. in the world. Well, she is the best. In and the world. I called that a bold prediction that she'd break the world record. Yeah, which it's not bold. Not bold at all. Not bold. And they said that our tag is keep on running. Yeah. Did they? Did, what did you feed them? Did you feed them information about um, any any of this? All I said was write a script for the Flow Track podcast where nothing happened the previous weekend to react to. Mm. And this is what it, it knew our names. It was really big on nothing. Yeah. It kept saying nothing. Yeah. There was nothing. But in fact, also, it said that I opened the pod. It started with Gordon and not uh, you. I kind of screwed that one up because you always open the pod. Yeah. I mean, it was off on a lot of things. But, but it's also kind of like. It was in a funny way, though. Yeah. So, you know I, what I'm going to do? I'm going to sneak in a chat GPT take mm. within the next six podcasts. All right. And I'm not going to tell you that this was a chat GPT take. Mm-hmm. But you have to flag it when you hear it. Okay. If I can go through, it's going to happen one of the six podcasts. Mm-hmm. If you successfully call me out, it's like, that's a chat GPT, then you win. Okay. If you call something chat GPT and it wasn't, it was just Gordon, Yeah. then you lose. All right. I'll be able to tell because you'll be looking down at your computer. No, I'm going to have it memorized. How is it going to be an extended take or just something? It's going to be like two sentences. Oh, wow. That's really hard. I'm going to have to really listen to yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, it makes you pay attention to me. Yeah, this is tough. But yeah, if you have successfully... Discover what was the chat GPT. Yeah. I buy you dinner. Okay. If you don't, you buy me dinner. Until then, Gordon, keep on running. Chat GPT. Okay. Let's look at the chat. Speaking of chat. We love that chat better than chat Questions GPT. and comments. Bonus pod member coming this week. Colt, you still there? <laughs> yeah, he's live streaming our event. I our, hope so. A podcast. Yes, sir. What's How up? How you doing, man? How, how's fun. it going? Good. Doing good. Chat GPT segment was fun. You like it? To try to catch Gordon. Uh, bonus pod, are you available this week to help us do it? Yeah, I'm sure we, we can get, figure it out time. We're going to figure it out. Why now. do we, we this we is get, not stuff that we should do on the podcast. We, get, we shouldn't have our, we get hey, results. what's your schedule like, Cole? I just, just want to see roughly, because if he said absolutely not, then Yeah, but we can ask him after people. the pod. No, no. The only people we ask is Chad GPT. Okay. Well, yeah, we Cole, Cole will put up his calendar for everybody to see. I think he just sees it. Uh, let's see. Actual random. Anyone notice that blessing a free for a guy that beat Taboga at World U20s went from a 20.94 to a 1996 in one year? Crazy drop. Khalil says the NCAA championships will work in everyone's favor except Tui. It's the heat. Weather. Yes. Weather's going to be rough. And in general, fast times for distance races aren't coming at championship races, generally speaking. Not always. Especially NCAA championship races. However... Good news for the sprinters because the last time the meet was in Austin, everybody ran fast. Extremely, extremely fast. Where will uh, Caitlin Tui run fast? I mean, she's going to Penn Relays, so she won't do it. She'll do the Charlotte Invitational. Mm-hmm. Well, she'll be at Penn Relays that weekend. And then UVA Challenge, mm-hmm. that's probably where she'll run a fast time. Riley Relays, Raleigh Relays. Rally. Rally. Sorry. Remember, we got scolded guess, for that before. Yeah. Wake Forest invite. So she's not going to like, um, whatchamacallit, like Stanford? Mount Sack or Stanford or yeah. Brian Clay. So maybe she'll be laying low. It's all of her distance meets are going to be kind of East Coast based, which doesn't always bring out like the the fast West Coast athletes. Yeah, you uh, talked about this before. Her goals are going to be make the U.S. team yeah. too. So as much as everybody wants to say, "Oh, go chase this time and get that record," She's and it'll bolster your yeah, yeah. Would you, would you rather win the Bowerman or make the U.S. team? Probably yeah. going to be make the U.S. team. I would guess. I could see her even starting her season late. Yeah, because right? 
I don't, she's probably not going to run at their home. Like she probably won't start her season until like mid-April. Because yep. if you're trying to peak for July meet, you'd only be running fast in March. Sure, sure. Uh, Anthony says, Gordon, we know what chat GPT is. You, well, okay. You, you forced me to tell people. You also right. told me to tell our users what March Madness was. No, I didn't tell you to tell yeah, people like, what tell chat. people what international people what basketball is. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. But internationally, people everybody knows what Chat GPT is. I didn't tell you to. T- I just said, "Hey, you did this thing." Okay, anyway. Blah 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 blah. I blah. did ask Chat GPT to rank the top 100 track and field athletes of all time, and I got a very interesting ranking. Yeah, it was. You sent me that. That was sort of off. Well, you said it doesn't take in any info of the last three years or something? 2021 and present. So it yeah. doesn't know that, like, what happened last who, year. Who do they think should have won Bowerman a few years ago? 20... You know, that's actually... 2016? Bowerman. Who should have won the Bowerman? What year is it? 2016. 2016. For some reason, chat GPT is down, so I can't... Oh. I'll do that later tonight. Make sure you... Make sure you send that along. I think we got to the end of the show. What are we talking about to Wednesday? I forget. What's the ta- what's the sign off again? Keep on running. Yeah. Okay. That's the, I just need to get that locked in my brain. What are we talking about Wednesday? I think Wednesday we're going to talk about events that change the most based on the indoor season. Yeah. So, so we'll have some rankings. We're going to revisit some of our prior knowledge, our priors. See what happens. See where we kind of were misled, or just we, somebody we, came up out of nowhere. We followed too much of this hype. For Let's example, did anybody think Femke Bowl was just going to wreck shop in the quarter all winter? I think a lot of people probably didn't see that coming. So we'll talk about that. And, yeah, rankings. I think we'll be fun. Maybe we do some uh, Maybe we do some 100-meter rankings. Top 10. Announce it. How's that sound? Internationally? International. Ooh. I'm down. Does Fred Curley deserve to be number one still? Yes. No spoilers, but yes, he's number one. <laughs> I don't know. Omanyala. Running pretty well in Kenya. They didn't take the time. Did you see that? Yeah, but it's on Tilla Sapazia. Yeah, yeah, but I think there was the wind or something like that. They didn't. Obiyala has run 9-8 twice already, and he has a win over Fred Curley, and he wasn't able to be fully himself at Worlds because of the flight delay. Obiyala is definitely in the top 10. But maybe he Fred should be number one. one. No. I could see – you could see a world where he has a win over – what is Obiyala versus Fred Curley all, all time? Well – he didn't make it to the final at Worlds. Was he? He was in the Olympics, though. He was in the Olympic final, wasn't he? Head-to-head men's hundred, because that's the only thing we're talking. We're not talking two hundred. Fred Curley. That's good stuff. Okay. Three and one. Curley's got three to one. Olympics. But World. it's it's semis and heats. It in finals only. It's head. It's one and one. In finals only. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but the one was in Kenya that he won. And then Olympics, you, all right, you want to throw out world champs. It, obviously, it was not fair what Omaniel had to go through yes. at world champs. But Olympics, I think they were going on the same page there. Yeah. Curly gets the silver. Yeah, Omaniel. Sure. I mean, that, and that, yeah, they ran against each other in heat. If he ran against him in the final, it would have been another win. So that really could have been four to one. Anyway, Curly's won. Curly one. I don't want to do the whole top ten right now. Curly's one. Curly's one. Yeah. All right. You know, I think a I'm willing, stronger I'm case would be somebody who maybe medaled last year you and your, for top ten. You know, Lyles. No, where do you medaled think Lyles? in the hundred? Oh, where do you think Lyles would be ranked in our top ten? He would be in the top ten as well too. Do you think he'd be over or under five? There might be. Are you talking about me personally, or or what? What, what flow track will say? We're gonna ask flow track GPT. <laughs> Five? That's actually going to be good. I'm going to ask them that. Five is a good – no, yeah, we actually have to do it. I would – we'll I'll have to crunch the numbers. We'll but figure it out. I think that's a good over-under for it where is. he would be. I think right now he might actually be in the number five spot. But let me sit down. I'm going to look at all the data, break it down Talk for you. Talk to the right algorithms. Yeah, exactly. All right. That's it for the show. Thanks, everybody. Remember, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1230 Central Time to 130 Central Time on this very YouTube page. You listen to the audio, and if you like, if you prefer audio, that's fine too. Yeah, just download the it. Audio you, people. Yeah, wherever you They're get. They're probably so confused. Yeah, wherever you get podcasts. Also, we're on Instagram, Twitter at FlowTrack. I didn't mean, I didn't mean they're confused. They're not confused. They're probably like confused when we talk about visual things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
But I'm saying if people want to do the audio platform, maybe they're 50-50. Maybe some days they can watch it because of work or whatever. And other days they want it on the go. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get those. So check it out. Uh, we just want to get our YouTube channel to 20,000 subscribers. Yeah. So like. We're at a little over 18,000. Like and subscribe. So if we can get to 20,000 by NCAAs, then we can do it? Yeah. 100%. Right. NCAAs? NCAAs. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing that. If 20K not, by NCAA. If not, you know how the pod looked when I was turning off the air conditioner? That's how, how about it's if look we don't get to 20,000? I leave. One of us gets has, fired. Has to just leave. Yeah, we just leave. And we do a vote. The chat gets a vote. Yeah, yeah. Who stays and who goes? I mean. Yeah. We, we play, a chat person gets to replace the person who leaves. <laughs> and you just have to do a podcast Cole, with this Cole person. just types in the, it's just text on one side? Yeah. Or they're on, on video? They're on video. Oh, okay. It's like full-time job, but they're not paid. Okay, so this is going to lead people to not subscribe to the show because they would want to see this happen. That's a good point. Dalton, you created a bad incentive structure. And what Gordon says, not yeah, true. No, we don't, don't want do that. Don't, no, don't. we'll say if we get to if we get to 50,000. Then we just bring on people from the then chat. We just, we just, Subscribers are just coming on. right? We're taking, I don't know. I'm just trying to say subscribe. We're taking live calls. Subscribe to our YouTube York. channel. You're on with the Flow Track Podcast. We need to get to 20K. I agree. Because it's a cool round number. And it'll be fun. I agree. I agree. All right. Thanks to Colt for producing. He's back. Gordon, thank you for co-hosting. Talk to you guys on Wednesday. Keep on running.